You're listening to the Between You and Me podcast, brought to you by JesusWire.com, with your host, Jessica Morris. Hello, friends. Welcome back to a new episode of Between You and Me, the podcast where we talk about all things music, faith, and what hurts, heals, and changes us in the music industry. Now, I know we had an episode two weeks ago. It was a Q&A with me. Ta-da! Uh, but this is still feels relatively fresh for me because I just got back from a holiday. As a lot of you guys will know, I was in the US for quite a little while. So I feel like we have so much to catch up on, not least the fact that apparently you listened to my voice a couple of weeks ago and heard all the stories about my weird Christian upbringing. So thank you for everyone that also understood that and was like, hey, Jessica, you're not alone. I think we can all agree that for all the weird, bizarre things that happened to so many of us growing up in the evangelical church, charismatic, whatever you call it, one good thing came out of it. I mean, aside from, you know, VeggieTales and knowing the cheeseburger song off the top of our heads. Stephen Curtis Chapman's mullet. Thank you for everyone for showing so much love to that on Instagram. It was a real joy and we owe so much to you, Stephen. So thank you. Okay, aside from that, we do have a wonderful new episode for you today with an artist that I actually caught up with while I was away. Her name is Taylor Tripodi and she is a worship singer-songwriter and she's part of the Catholic Church, which makes me really excited because, I mean, I think I can speak for a lot of people in the Protestant denomination. We are very Protestant-centric. We are like, yay, Martin Luther, let's ignore everyone else and say it's wrong. I am so excited to meet new people and Taylor was just wonderful. She reached out to me about her new EP Awakening and she has a really fascinating story about becoming sick and experiencing healing but finding a new identity in that period. It's really interesting. Before we get there, do you mind if we catch up on some news? It will only take a few minutes but I feel like we have a lot to cover. Now some of this will be a tiny little bit late but I feel like it's important that we talk about just a couple of things because if I claim to have a podcast about the things that hurt, heal and change us and I don't talk about them then I don't think we're doing a very good job. So let's just give this a shot. First thing, news. News. First thing first, we need to rewind to about three or four weeks ago. I know Anything that is news that is that old is no longer news. It's like 101 in journalism. But we need to talk about what happened at Relevant Magazine. A lot of you guys will have read Relevant or will have grown up in the same weird Christian environment where Relevant Magazine happens. Some of you have probably followed the story, so this will be old news. But I just wanted to give a heads up because it really needs to be on our radar. Okay, so a few weeks back, Relevant Magazine, I would say probably the biggest, most somewhat progressive Christian magazine for millennials. It's cool anyway. They've got Hillsong United on the cover. They push the boundaries a little bit. I read Relevant for years. I've been a contributor for a few years and I listened to their podcast religiously for a long time. Now, a few weeks ago, news broke because we had a former managing editor, Andre Henry, who I worked under, actually release a statement talking about some issues with Relevant Magazine and its founder, Cameron Strang. He talked about things like racial insensitivity. I'm not going to try and summarize everything that went on in there because you don't need another person white explaining this. So you will find links to all these articles in the show notes. Please read them if you haven't. They are so worth your time. 
after Andre released this post that says black Christians deserve better than companies and churches like Relevant Media Group. Another former editor, Rebecca Marie Joe, released a post as well, emphasizing similar themes as a female. Now, I worked with both of these guys, not very closely, but as a contributor, and I saw what they were saying and I wasn't surprised. Since this time, a whole bunch of stuff has happened. Relevant have released statements, the podcast has talked about stuff, Cameron Strang stepped back in a sabbatical type thing, read the statement, it makes a little bit more sense there, and people have started becoming more vocal about their experiences in institutions particularly relevant that involve things like racial injustice and misogyny and all those sorts of things. I'm highlighting this, even though it is a couple of weeks old, because this could be a really defining moment in millennial Christian culture if we let it. So I feel like this is the moment where we really need to step up. I'm talking particularly for me as a white female and actually say, I hear this and I'm not standing for it anymore. I've really had a lot of time to reflect on this. Um, and there are people who are far more qualified than me. For one, go look at Andre's podcast, Hope and Hard Pills. The link is in the bio. He has so much to say and it's worthwhile. But I've realized at times my silence makes me complicit and that's not good enough. I'm still having to work through this and learn it. But I feel like this is a really important time for us. And it's something that is really essential if we're going to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth, if we believe in that, or even if we just want to be good people, if that's what we value, we need to learn to listen. So please read the links. Please take whatever action you feel necessary and go love people well. Second piece of news, a tiny little bit music related, but this is political and I feel like I would be doing a disservice if we didn't talk about what is currently happening in Syria and Turkey and also the fact that we have a musician from Bethel Church who is running for American Congress for California. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on there and politics gets sticky, honestly. I mean, it's just not nice. But I just want to acknowledge the fact that this stuff is going on um, and that if you guys would like to know more details that you can definitely check out Preemptive Love Coalition. A lot of our favorite musicians have backed them in the past. They support them. They've worked closely with them. And I will also link you to Sean Fult, who is running for Congress, just so you can get the news on it. Okay, that was the heavier news. Now for something a little bit lighter. New releases. So many of our friends and favorite musicians have released great music in the last couple of weeks. So many that I honestly couldn't even fit it on an Instagram post if I wanted to. So I thought I would do some shout outs on the podcast so you know where to find some new music. For one, our friend Johnny Crowder, who was part of the metal band Prison, their EP, their EP Still Alive is out today. If you love metal music, go for it. I listen to it. It's great. I don't fully understand the words because I like pop. But if this is your thing, please listen to it. It covers topics like mental illness. There's literally a song called Mental Illness. Things about you, me, and the devil. Like, seriously, pray for me. Like, all our favorite themes. So go listen to it. There's a link in the bio. Aside from that, our friend Sarah Reeves from the Belonging Co. Church has released a single called Anxiety, which, hello, I can relate to. You will find a link below as well. Adding on to that, our friends at The Recording Collective, you may remember our interview with Onaji Jefferson earlier this year. 
They've released a new single. It's called Nothing Else. It's their version of a Cody Cans classic, which is awesome. Big fan of Cody. So this is going to be great. Our friend Binley from Southern California also just dropped a new song called Joy, which is her version of the Upper Room song. So definitely check that out as well. Now, in addition to that, he is not a friend of the podcast yet, but I have my fingers crossed. Dustin Kensrew of Thrice has released a new podcast. It's called Carry the Fire. If you love Thrice, if that was your scene way back when, or you still follow them because they're about to go on tour, check it out. Link is in the bio. Our Aussie friends in Anda Skeptic also have big news. They are reuniting for a 20th anniversary tour in Melbourne. In other news, our friend Rachel Lamper, who we interviewed only a few weeks ago now, is going back on tour. Oh my gosh, everyone who was fans of her back in the day rejoice. It's going to be awesome. So you can see her in Oregon and in California in the coming days, and she's adding a whole bunch of dates. It's also worth noting that our friends at Crossroads Worship just released a new song. Overcomes is out now. News! Congratulations on sitting through the news. Granted, it was awesome, exciting, interesting news, but now we get to the really good stuff. Guys, you're about to hear my interview with Taylor Tripodi. My apologies to you guys. You can tell that I'm on the road. My audio isn't as great, but Taylor is as clear as day, so you are good to go. Please enjoy meeting this very talented and really intuitive singer. This is Taylor. It's not every day that you are named one of the top 30 rising Catholic music artists in the world. But then again, there's nothing ordinary about worship leader and songwriter Taylor Tripodi. Raised in the Catholic Church along with her eight, yes, eight siblings, Taylor has always been a natural-born leader. And she took this passion with her through school and university as she explored different musical markets from rock and country to secular and worship music. 2015 was the year Taylor's path seemed set. While still studying at university, she became student head of music ministry on campus and boldly began a Kickstarter to record her debut EP, Be Glorified. Raising more than $5,000, she went on to record six worshipful tracks and toured extensively. Yet following a diagnosis of vocal nodules, she had to reset her life. She spent the next two years as a youth pastor, trying to understand the difference between her calling, her identity and her purpose in life. The good news? Well, now Taylor Tripodi is fully healed and she is back. Dropping the single, You Heard My Name, in March 2018, she built on the momentum of her previous releases and a Christmas album followed, as did a feature on Firefly Cartel's album, Fashion. But Taylor's passion has always been in her own music, and after touring Israel as a worship leader, she was inspired to pen her latest EP, Awakening. Collaborating with Nashville-based producer Sean Williams of Paper Castle Records, she worked with Grammy Award-winning songwriter Sarah Hart and prolific CCM composer Chris Clayton to create six tracks that chronicle her journey from darkness and loss to purpose, hope and healing. With thousands of views on YouTube, numerous blogs for Ascension Press and more than 225,000 streams on Spotify, Taylor Tripodi is redefining what it means to create worship music in CCM. She joins other Catholic artists like Audrey Assad and Matt Maher in sharing the beautiful tradition and depth of her faith expression. And this fall, she is on her awakening tour across America. I spoke to Taylor while I was on the road and we discussed the difference between purpose and calling, how Catholicism shapes her craft and why she feels called to Christian music above all other genres. 
Guys, you will really like Taylor. She's so much fun. So please, please meet the very resilient and very talented Taylor Trapodi. For people who have never met you before, including myself, who is Taylor Trapodi? Gosh, okay. So I'll give you the rundown. I Right. I, you said my last name correctly, which by the way, yes! I want to I acclaim you for that because most people never get it right. So I always say when I'm at concerts or events, I'm like, okay, you have to pretend you're Italian. You got to lift your hands in the air and you got to say, tripodi, tripodi, like this. You know what I mean? That's so, amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad. I'm so proud of you that you did that. That's cool. So um, <laughs> yeah, so Taylor Tripodi, I'm, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. I'm a proud Clevelander, and I am the oldest of nine, if you can believe it. Wow. Um, it's so much fun. It's never a dull moment, and I love, love, love being the oldest of that many kids. It's so much fun. Um, so yeah, from Cleveland, Ohio, oldest of nine, I have grown up Catholic my whole life. I I love music so much, obviously. <laughs> um, I love writing. I love, uh, I love being a, a Christian music artist. And I, um, in my spare time, some things I love doing, I love making candles. I am a little weird Ooh. in that way. <laughs> um, people are like, really? I didn't know that was a hobby. <laughs> yeah, no candles are amazing. And I love, um, it's like my, it's like my stress relief, my therapy. So I love making candles. Christ. I love hanging out with friends. I love, uh, hiking in the Cleveland Metro parts, uh, in the Cleveland Metro parks. And it's, it's just a, couple things I like to do. And um, yeah, I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, that's happens. that's actually a really good answer. People ask me and I'm like, I like to write and read occasionally <laughs> and watch Netflix. So you're doing really well. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. I, all those things too. I'll add those in there as well. <laughs> um, can you tell me how your journey with music started? When did, when do you recall falling in love with music for the first time? Yeah. So my mom says that I've been singing since before I could talk. I don't know if that's a real thing, but I'm sure a lot of people say that as well. But I think the first time that I really fell in love, especially with uh, Christian music, was I, I started you know, singing for my church when I was 11. Um, and as you can imagine, being Catholic, a, a lot of the music that we were singing when I was 11 years old was very traditional, which mm -hmm. is something, you know, I, I fell in love with the tradition of especially, you know, Christian, but, but Catholic church as well. And, um, but then I started listening to a lot of worship music and I was like, wow, this is amazing that you have the tradition. Um, and then that kind of meets the contemporary. And, and I think as I grew up singing for the church, I kind of found my niche somewhere in between there and just fell in love with all of it, you know? That's, I love that. It's the best. And I, I speak to, as someone who's Protestant, and have, like, I grew up in a Salvation Army. I've spoken to so few, well, one, people who were Catholic, but also Catholic people, musicians who were Catholic. And so mm -hmm. I was so excited when I saw that because I was like, oh, my gosh, like I have so much to learn. And I love that this is how you express yourself. It's just beautiful. Yeah. We have a lot to learn from each other, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, can you tell me when you decided or felt called, however you would like to term it, to become a musician and, and sing for the, like the rest of your life in some capacity as a career? Yeah. So that is a more recent development, honestly. <laughs> um, I, and I could probably get into this. I don't know if you want me to get into this now, but. Um, Wh whatever you'd like, your choice. Oh, perfect. Perfect. So, uh, well, I, I guess I could start in college. I was in a worship band for about three years where we would sing um, for a lot of conferences and youth conferences, adult conferences, where we would 
just sing a lot of worship. And I think it was there that I really kind of mentally and spiritually decided like, this is, this is my mission. This is my goal. This is how I want to bring myself closer to God, but also bring other people there as well, uh, closer to him. And so I think I kind of decided it somewhere along that journey in college. Um, but like I said, um, it kind of, there's a little bit of confusion within that journey because uh, around my last year of college, when I was in that worship band, after a summer of just singing almost every day, belting out those Carrie Job songs, oh, um, yeah. you know how she can just, man, she can hit those high notes. It's amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, just a summer of, of like really pushing myself vocally. And honestly, if I'm being honest, probably not, um, you know, I guess, resting enough or, you know, preparing myself vocally before performances and things like that. Um, I just was having a lot of pain in my vocal cords and I was really frustrated. I didn't know what was going on because for the most of my life, it had been so easy for me to just kind of get up there and, and to worship. And, um, after just a summer of going through a lot of pain vocally, I decided to go to the doctor and found out that I had vocal nodules and it was just kind of a dream crusher for anybody who, has ever wanted to do music full time or has, you know, thought that that was their mission uh, to kind of put people in an encounter with Christ through music. I immediately was just, I thought of <laughs> Fat Amy from uh, Pitch Perfect, if you've seen yes. it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I thought of um, when she, when she said, oh, like, what are, what are vocal nodules? Oh, vocal nodules, they sit on your vocal cords and they crush your dreams. <laughs> no. And she's, and I immediately thought of that in the doctor's office. And I was like, oh no, this is going to crush my dreams. And yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I just immediately kind of was, was taken aback. And I was like, Lord, what are you doing? This is the one thing I'm good at. And um, honestly, I, I kind of took a step away from music for a little while. Um, I became a youth minister for a few years, just working wow. in the church with the youth. And it was really fulfilling in a way as well, though, because most of my life, uh, I had always just been told like, you're the singer and this is what you're good at. Like stick to what you're good at, you know? And then all yeah. of a sudden that's taken away. And, um, it honestly had, it gave me an opportunity to find out who I was outside of just the musician Taylor Tripodi beyond, I guess, what other people kind of considered to be my main identity. And, and one of the things that everyone knew that, that was me, you know, people that maybe didn't know me as well. Um, but basically I really believe that that, that time away, um, during those two years of, of ministry was an opportunity for God to kind of remind me that, uh, it's not my full identity, like being a musician. Yes, it's good. And I'm given this ability, but, um, you know, when it was taken away from me for that time, it really brought me back to that center of like, no, this is not, all of you, you know, um, that if, if that's not your identity in me first, then everything else is like going to be very unsteady and unsturdy as a foundation, you know? Um, so anyway, so, so I took those two years away from music. I thought God was kind of calling me away. Um, I went through some vocal rehab, which was a long and arduous uh, journey. I went for three weeks without talking, which was oh. like the hardest, <laughs> the hardest thing, or the hardest thing for anybody who likes to talk a lot, you know, which I'm <laughs> sure you can already tell since I haven't shut up once, but <laughs> it's great. Um, I love it. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was this, it was, it was a long time and it just took those three weeks and honestly it was very prayerful. Um, I was reading a lot of spiritual books during that time, but just to, just to re, uh, direct my heart and remind myself that like, this is, this is not all of who you are. And so I took those two weeks and eventually, um, just doing after, after that vocal rehab, uh, kind of got back into leading more worship, doing more, um, singing after I'd given myself that time to recover. And I realized that like, yes, um, you know, I was, I was experiencing that kind of season of being brought away from music. Uh, but I don't, I, I really believed that like the Lord was not calling me away from it, but honestly, maybe was just calling me away for a season to remind me of that central truth that like you are first and foremost, my daughter, you know? And, um, so I think that, that that season away really allowed me to, to refocus kind of my, almost like my mission, uh, of my music. Um, but also just to remind me that there's so much more to me than just the musician Taylor, you know? So, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And, so, and you're so brave to come back to music, even though it's, I know it's something you love, but you're so brave to come back and start releasing music again and take a chance on yourself and on God. Thanks. Yeah. I'm, I'm really grateful that he kind of called me back to it because it is de- definitely a, a huge passion. So I'm, I'm grateful that he's brought me back to where I am. So. identity then um Mm -hmm. and that's something that separate to being a musician but I totally relate to because as a a creative and as a writer I'm like I was actually thinking as I was preparing for this interview I was like who how would I describe myself if I wasn't like Jessica the journalist or Jessica the writer and I was like Mm -hmm. I can't imagine having to grapple with that even though in some ways it's necessary what's the difference in your opinion between your god-given identity and your god-given calling if you're going to use that phrase yeah well, I think one thing that I experienced um, just from that time away, but also just continue to learn because obviously we're never, we never fully get it, you know, Life. sometimes it, right? You got to keep reminding yourself of it. But I think that something that I've learned is that remembering my identity outside of music, um, it really gives me freedom. It, it, 
it, it gives me the freedom to remember that like, <laughs> even if I mess up, uh, on a night of worship, if I hit the wrong note or do something, um, like, yes, that's, that's a talent. That's a mission. That's what I'm, I'm called to. But, um, at the end of the day, regardless of how great I'm doing in my mission or how much I mess up or whatever my weaknesses may be, um, that that core identity as being rooted in Christ's love in in my, you know, daughtership, if you will, um, yeah. of the King, that, um, that, that is, that's what gives me freedom to, to not have to base that worth and base that identity all in what I can do in my mission. Um, and so I think that mission obviously is important, but, um, knowing your identity first, I would, I would say in my opinion is even more important. So, yeah, I love that. I totally get that. Can you tell me a little bit about your EP? Cause I know you just released it, which is really exciting. Yeah, um, and from, from what I gathered, you've been working on this for a long time because I know that different songs have been dropping for probably like the last 12 months. You've got it. Yes. It has been a long time in the making. And honestly, the last time I even released music was probably <clears throat> in college, which, you know, it's been a while. So yeah, the recent uh, EP that I've just released is, is six songs. And I'll, yeah, to kind of base it off of that journey, kind of away from music for a little while, um, what brought me back, honestly, was really, I was given this opportunity after all of my vocal rehabilitation to go to the Holy Land. Um, have oh. you been, have you been there? No, it's a dream. Oh, Jessica, you've got to go. It's, it's the most beautiful thing ever. But um, I was given this opportunity to leave worship out there um, for about 200 beautiful people. And it was just such a, the whole two weeks that we were there, I mean, God was just pursuing my heart and just remind, like, can, like kind of, like I was saying before, just continually rooting me back in that identity um, of who I am. And really during that time, I was, it was probably if I could mark a specific location, um, the Garden of Gethsemane, we were praying as a group there. Um, and I ended up staying back for a little bit just to pray more and journal. And during that time there, I was just reflecting on the Lord's sacrifice for us and how he knew everything that he was about to do um, for us the night before he died and knew the the pain and the the suffering, but just chose to do it anyways. And it just, it kind of sparked this, um, this renewed passion and this love for Christian music and, and for writing Christian music. And so I began writing um, the song, You Heard My Name, which is not actually on the EP. It's a, it's a separate single, but it kind of reignited that fire. And then the song Awakening, the whole concept of that newness of life coming out of that suffering um, came from that place um, in Gethsemane, which is ironic because it's <laughs> that place of suffering. But um, it really, uh, I would say, like kind of came forth like this new life and this resurrection almost, um, which it's, you know, obviously we went from the Garden of Gethsemane to uh, the Hill of Calvary. And then we went from there to the place of the resurrection, which was just, uh, it was just, it was just an awakening spiritually for me and for me, as, uh, for me as a person, but also musically. And so um, just a lot of the songs that you'll hear on the Awakening EP came out of, out of that experience and that that realization that the Lord wants to breathe this new life, this awakening into every single person um, in the world. And so uh, that's kind of the goal, the mission of this EP. And uh, yeah, so. I love that. That's really, really cool. 
Do you have a track that stands out the most to you? It could be one that you've already said. I was just curious. Yeah. So it's interesting though. And I'm sure a lot of artists probably feel the same way. I think different tracks stand out to me uh, at different times or at different seasons in my life. I think right now, the one that's, um, I guess, really speaking to me the most is the song Stand in Awe, which is um, definitely more of an intimate worship song, a deeper worship song. It just talks about um, the reality of not having to say all the perfect things before the Lord. I think a lot of times, especially as a Catholic, uh, you know, we've learned so many ritual prayers um, growing up and there's a lot to, a lot of tradition, which is so, so beautiful um, as, you know, a part of being Catholic. But I think another thing that happens, Christians and Catholics alike, I think um, when we're praying, a lot of times we we just speak, we, we talk, talk, talk. And we always think that we have to say the perfect thing in order to get the Lord's attention, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, like I have to perform this beautiful thing or say this perfect thing in order for him to kind of reach down and, and meet me where I am. But it, I just, this song came out of a realization, um, that while I was praying that the Lord has already met me, like he, he is with me in every moment, but more so like in those moments where I don't feel him, um, and think that I need to get his attention in some way that he is even more present in those moments. And he's like begging for me to just notice, um, that he's already there, you know? And so I just kind of need to, to stand and just take, take him in, you know? one, you're a musician, but a musician who is Catholic. And even in Christian music, that's really quite rare, at least in, you know, contemporary Christian music circles. Yeah. So what does it mean to you to sort of have that that identity in some capacity? Yeah, so it's it's definitely a huge part of, of who I am. Um, I, I grew up Catholic and I think for the longest time in high school, it was, it was definitely um, kind of just, I was just following the rules. It wasn't a, a personal relationship with Jesus yet. I think it was, you know, after, once I got to college, I think that I I finally realized the importance of, of having that personal relationship with Christ. And I think that that was actually ignited through adoration, which for those of you are listening that maybe don't know (laughs) what adoration (laughs) is. Um, so obviously in, in John six, when Jesus talks about, you know, I'm the bread of life, um, you know, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Um, we believe as Catholics that we take that literally. And so, um, we have, we have the mass, we have the liturgy where they consecrate and we believe that Jesus is truly present on the altar. And so, um, we have this ability to go into adoration and it's so beautiful. It's just this quiet place where we can, um, be in the presence of God. And to me, that has shaped absolutely my music. Um, my spirituality as a person and honestly my personal relationship with Christ, because I love just being able to go 
um, into that adoration chapel and just, just to like pour my heart out in different seasons, um, whatever I'm going through. And it, it really has shaped a lot of the music that I've written. Um, and it's, and it's definitely a, a huge part of who I am. And so, um, I, I think another thing that, though, that I've definitely learned, like you're saying, I mean, obviously there, there is the wider Christian community that we're all a part of. And I think that that's something that's been so beautiful, especially the past couple of years of my life while I was writing these songs for Awakening, is to just have that ecumenism between Catholicism and, and evangelicals and Protestants alike. Like we are all one um, in the body of Christ. And so like, you know, obviously I'm Catholic and that is a, a part of my identity, but um, there is the be- the beautiful wider Christian body of Christ. And so um, I think I think that just these past years, it's been so beautiful to see the commonality between uh, just Christians all over the world and especially just the people that I've been writing with in Nashville. It's been uh, such a beautiful and enlightening journey for me spiritually. So, Yeah. Do you think um, your Catholic faith changes how you approach your musicality in any way or is it essentially the same thing just because it's your spirituality? Yeah, so... Man, that's a that's a good question. Um, I I definitely think it it probably I mean it, it has to I guess uh, influence things beyond you know just what a normal uh... wait so say so say that question one more yeah. time I want to I want to make sure I'm getting this right <laughs> when you're approaching writing a song creating something new um, does your Catholic spirituality like impact or change how you do that as opposed to perhaps someone who's Protestant or evangelical? Do you think there's a difference there? Okay. Yes, totally. Yeah. So gosh, I I would definitely say so. And I think it's not because um, there is a division between the two, um, but because more so I think that as a Catholic, there's so much tradition and and there's a lot of you know, I don't know if you've ever been to a Catholic service or a Catholic mass, but the the liturgy is rooted in a lot of uh, tradition and a lot of um, there's a lot of different things that are are, are a little bit different between the two. But um, I would definitely say, like I like I was saying before, with with adoration, like that has had a deep impact on my creative um, my creative process because a lot of the songs that I've written, um, have come out of me just like being before the Lord in adoration, um, in the Eucharist and just like a lot of it just stems from that, that time in his, in his presence, um, in adoration. And so, you know, I think in a lot of ways, definitely it is different. Um, but then I think that it's, it's very much like you know, the, there's so many things that are are similar between the two. So, um, yes, I think it definitely has had an impact on me, uh, as a creative. Um, but I think that there has been plenty of times where it's, it's, it's been, you know, like even just from my experience in the Holy land, being in those places outside or, or any other place that I'm sure between Catholicism and Protestantism that that you, that would be similar you know you know between yeah. the two
conversation to talk about one of our amazing sponsors. Do you create wedding videos, podcasts, ads, content, maybe even one of those slideshows while you're trying to move your church into the 21st century? Well, Soundstripe is the answer to all your problems. The ultimate music stock site made for video producers, they offer a great variety of high quality royalty free songs and have an unlimited licensing model. This is literally one of a kind in the industry. And that is because it was created by musicians. With a monthly or yearly fee, you have unlimited access to world-class music. We are talking composers like Aaron Sprinkle and Matt Winton. Every time you license a song through Soundstripe, the royalty goes straight back to the musician. With curator playlist, new music every week, and more than 30,000 special effects, this is the ultimate source of music for creatives. Trust me, I've been using this since day one with Between You and Me, and I can tell you that any background music you are hearing comes directly from Soundstripe. They are absolutely incredible. When you sign up for Soundstripe today, you can get 10% off using the code UMEPOD. That is soundstripe.com with the code UMEPOD. And now back to the show. Why did you choose to pursue Christian music or even worship music as opposed to going down a quote-unquote secular route, even if it's <laughs> possible to be a Christian and sing secular songs? You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. So that, that's a funny question because um, so when I was in high school, <laughs> I, I kind of had this, this little bit of a, maybe not an identity crisis isn't the right word, but um, very much just trying to figure out like what, what did I want to do as a musician? Because I'd, I've always loved, um, I've loved country music. I've loved pop music. I've loved, you know, worship. And, but I think the thing that I always come back to at the end of the day is kind of what we were talking about towards the beginning is that, that mission driven, uh, purpose, I guess. And I, and I really believe like, and, and I don't know if, if other Christian artists feel the same way, but I think that really a, a lot of us believe that, it is, it is a calling. And I, and I do believe that the Lord has kind of called me to continue to pursue doing Christian music full-time because of this, of this unique ability, really, because I, I believe that you have to have a gift as a worship artist to lead people deeper into that space of worship and deeper into the heart of Jesus. And so I think that as I got older, and as I kind of was experimenting with secular music, you know, I was in a band in high school where we did a lot of festivals and we did a lot of pop and country things. And then, you know, I would kind of turn around and go to, to Sunday worship and lead in worship and, and go to different conferences and, and lead Christian music. And I think um, there's just something so beautiful to be able to witness and to be an instrument in leading people deeper into the heart of Christ. Like there's, there's nothing like it. It's so, um, it's so unique. It's so beautiful to be a part of something like that. And so I think, you know, after experiencing how beautiful that is and the, and the, and the, how the Lord can just use beautiful things to, to attract people to his goodness. Um, that's something that I've just always felt like a calling like that is what I want to do with the rest of my life. I want to um, just lead people deeper to Christ through the true, the good, and the beautiful. Um, and, and the Lord is true, and He's good, and He's beautiful. And it, and it, music in and of itself, that beauty just attracts. And so, I gosh, I just want, I 
believe that it's a calling. And so I want to have that be (laughs) my mission (laughs) for the rest of my life. So, yeah, that's beautiful. That is just those words about what what God's character and what music is. I love that. It just captures it so, for lack of a better term, beautifully. And that's Mm -hmm. just I love that so good. Um, When you had got your vocal nodules, did you? Did you find that your idea of the character of God or your faith in him, was that tested in any way or did it really just deepen um, your knowledge of him and where you're at now? Yeah. So uh, I would say my my normal or I guess my human reaction was definitely one of frustration because, <laughs> yeah. um, again, I just I had thought for my whole life like that was the one thing I'm good at and kind of almost like, like, why would you take that away from me, God? Like, this is, you know, I'm trying to do this for you. Clearly, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in this worship band. Can't you see what I'm doing for you, Lord? Like, like, you know, in a way it was, it was very self-focused and very like this, it was one, uh, one track minded, you know, not kind of looking at the bigger picture, but mostly just looking at like, oh, woe is me. And you know, what's so funny is like, you know, I'll even talk to my mom a lot and, She's like, oh, are you still t- telling people about that story with your your vocal nodules? You know, like sometimes people have like real problems, and I'm like, oh, oh man, like oh. she she just really hits it. She hits it. I'm like, man, mom, like, um, but you know, it's so funny. Like when you're in college, it seems like the end of the world. You know, like when yeah. it, when it comes to a career a career or something that you think that you're being called to do, to have something like that happen, it's just it, it really shakes you. And, um, that's not to say that obviously there are so many bigger things in the world that are going on, but, um, yeah, I would definitely say it, it definitely shook me, uh, a little bit, um, maybe not even necessarily in my faith, but just in what, what is my calling, you know? Um, but I think that in hindsight, looking back, I, I really see the Lord's hand in it. And I see that, you know, he was taking me on a journey, um, instead of just believing one thing about myself and, and only thinking that I was as good as what I could offer him or offer the world, that there was so much more to me and that there's so much more to every single person um, than the best that they can offer or the, the worst or the weakest part of themselves that they can offer. And I think that that's something that I really, like when I, <laughs> when I tell this story to people, I, I want them to know like more than anything you are so much more than your failures. You are so much more than the, the be- even the best part about you that there is, there is more. Um, and that is first and foremost that you are a child of God, but, but also like there is be like, there's so much more beyond um, what you can offer the world, you know? Yeah, definitely. What's your biggest dream for your life? And it could be musical. It could be all encompassing, but what do you, what's your hope? Man, um, yeah, I would say, I mean, ultimately my, my biggest goal in my life (laughs) is to, is to be in heaven someday, man. I I cannot wait for that day. That's going to be beautiful. But, um, beyond that, I would say musically, uh, gosh, (laughs) I, I just want to go where the Lord is leading me. I I want more than anything else. I want to be faithful. And I think that that is something that I wrestle with a lot as an artist. And I'm sure you've wrestled with it as well with this podcast and gosh, so many things like we, 
we compare ourselves so often to the success of the world or the rest of the people that are that we feel like are doing better than us or are more successful and i think what i've been realizing lately in my in my own wrestling and my own comparison which believe it or not <laughs> happens all the time um, <laughs> yes. yeah. you know that 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 awful uh comparison, a thief of joy. Um, but really I think more than anything, I just want to be faithful, um, to where the Lord is calling me and just to do the best that I can do where he's placed me in whatever season of life that I'm in. And I think like, if I can just be faithful to him, like I know he's always faithful to me. Um, and I I just think I just want to be right there and I want to be in the moment. Um, just loving him and allowing him to love me. I think that's really my goal. And when I heard my name, you were dissolved the chains. Your mercy drew me out. Your mercy drew me out. Now light is bright before me. I live to tell the story that death is overcome. My death is overcome. The Come out, my love. The is not your home. Come out, my love. The is not your home. Something I do towards the end of every interview is just throw a few random questions at my guest. Um, so there are lots of tailors in the music industry right now. Um, <laughs> like I mentioned, um, if you could collaborate with any tailor, who would it be and why? Oh, gosh. Hmm. So uh, I'm going to, can I say two people? <laughs> yes. I love multiple answers. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, so the first one, and this is going to be a shout out right here. The first person would be Taylor Zabracki, uh, who I haven't I haven't met her yet, but I I from what I remember and what I've been told, I believe she lives in Nashville, and she is also kind of in a similar place as me as far as the Christian music world. And so she just released a single, and I love her voice, and awesome. I would love to, and I'm trying hopefully to reach out to her pretty soon. I, I want to collaborate with her. So there's a little shout out to Taylor Zabrowski. Yes, but come listen, <laughs> maybe talk to maybe us. Yeah, maybe she'll be on your on your podcast later. <laughs> yes. But uh, Taylor Zabrowski, and then okay, you know I have to say Taylor Swift. I just have to because she's true. She's great. She's she's the top dog right now. I think. Um, just in the, in the music world in general, which is amazing because it's so vast. Um, but I would definitely have to say Taylor Swift because it would just be amazing to be in the room and to just to talk to her. Like that would be something else. I think that would be a fun, gosh, that would be an amazing collaboration. Um, just from the point of view of just to see her work and gosh, she, um, she is is really good at what she does, evidently. So um, yeah. I think that would be that would be a fun time. That would yeah. be a fun time. That would be a really cool collaboration. I would love to hear that. It'd be so. Cool. <laughs> I'd be, um, yeah, I'd be like, all right, we're going to do a Christian like, song. So let's see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what album has inspired you or influenced you the most in your life? Mm, 
Okay. So in my life, that that's a broad question. I would say <laughs> it is recently. Yeah. I would say, <laughs> gosh, recently I have just been loving Corey Asbury's, uh, recent release, the reckless love. I yep. just love it. Like it's so crazy. Cause it's so interesting to me how only a select few songs from any album really make it to kind of a broader audience. And then there's certain songs that are kind of left. I don't know in the, in the recesses, if, yeah. if you, you know what I mean? Um, you know, kind of behind the scenes, people don't know maybe necessarily as many of the, or like the, the lesser known ones, you know? And so I, I've just been listening to his whole album and it is, gosh, it is absolute gold. I mean, it's so interesting to me how so many amazing artists, they'll have like two songs that are really popular. And I'm like, why did the rest of these songs not make it onto the radio or anywhere else? It's crazy. Like these, their songs are just gold. Um, but yeah, so I would say Corey Asbury's uh, newest release is just absolutely amazing for the, especially for the season of life that I'm in right now. Um, yeah, yeah, excellent answer. I like that. Um, and if you could go back in time and speak to Taylor just before she was about you, Taylor. By the way, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could go back in time and speak to yourself right before you were about to enter college. Mm-hmm. Uh, knowing what you know now, what would you say to yourself? Oh, I would say, gosh, I would say probably just like put put the Lord first. Um, and by that, I mean, don't allow the opinions of other people to affect who you think you are. Um I, I would say to really to dive deeper into into his presence and, and who he says you are um, over listening to the voices of everyone else and, and what everyone else has to say. Because um, I think that that was something that I definitely struggled with a lot through college. And I think that that is part of the reason why the Lord allowed me to go through that season of um, kind of time apart from, from music. And so I would say like lean more into his voice and to remember like who he says you are. go guys that was taylor trapodi she has a really interesting story and i really appreciated the energy she brought to our conversation and how authentic she was and also how much she genuinely loves the presence of god like that was a real challenge for me it's like wow to thirst for it that much is amazing so i hope that you're inspired by taylor if you would like to connect with her online go for it 
She is on Instagram at Taylor underscore Tripodi. That is T-R-I-P-O-D-I. You can also find out more at taylortripodi.com. Her EP Awakening is finally out. It has six gorgeous tracks on it. You've heard a few of them through this episode. Pick them up on iTunes, stream them on Spotify, find the link in the bio, do whatever you need to do. Just get your hands on that incredible music. Thank you guys once again for joining me for another episode of Between You and Me. If we're still doing these seasons, this would officially be the end of season three. Can you believe it? we have done 30 episodes together? It has been a year since we started this, and I am so glad that we are still doing it together. I love that you're listening. I love that we are telling stories and that we are learning together. Thank you. I feel like I've grown so much and healed so much in the last year because people have been so generous with their stories and it's been a really beautiful, safe place. So thank you guys for doing this journey with me. I I really am grateful. In the meantime, I can tell you that because we're no longer doing seasons and are just every two weeks now, we have a stack of really fun interviews coming up. I've recorded a couple of months worth already because people were so excited while I was away. And we have some really amazing established and also upcoming singers for you in the coming weeks. So please keep your eye on us on Instagram. We are at Between You Me Pod. You can also find us online at betweenyouandmepod.com. You'll find links to all our social media there as well as our entire back catalogue of interviews, which is super fun. You can also contact me, Jess, through our page there and through our social media. And I would love to know your thoughts on today's episode, your artist suggestions and what you're passionate about. For the moment, though, that is all. Thank you guys for making Between You and Me what it is today. I cannot wait to see you in two weeks. In the meantime, I will catch up with you on social media and all those good things. See you soon. by visiting www.betweenyouandmepod.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. For more Christian news, reviews, and interviews, get plugged in to jesuswire.com.